When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everyone. We are live with a Doha Diamond League reaction podcast, the first Diamond League of the 2022 season. I am Kevin Sully. He is Gordon Mack. Thanks, everybody, who's watching us live on YouTube. Remember, you can subscribe to the Flow Track Podcast YouTube channel. You can also find us wherever you download audio podcasts as well. Gordon, good afternoon, and welcome to the first Diamond League reaction pod of 2022. Yes, the first of many. For those tuning in, it's kind of weird. Normally we do our podcast at 9 a.m., Monday, Wednesday, Friday. But starting through all Diamond Leagues, USA's, World Championships, we'll be doing a live reaction podcast right after the conclusion of the meet. So uh, so our takes don't become old within two hours of talking about a meet. So I thought, hey, we can't talk about Doha at 9 a.m. We got to talk about it at 1 p.m., which is what we're doing. And it was a, it was a fun meet. I mean – Nothing crazy, but uh, there's hmm. definitely some interesting results that kind of popped up, made me do some thinking uh, about what I thought about certain athletes and their capabilities in 2022. We'll talk about that. But overall, it's just nice, you know, having Diamond Leagues, mm-hmm. you know, getting ready to get into May, June, July, the heart of outdoor track and field. This weekend is also conference championship weekend for colleges, so – we won't touch that stuff because that stuff we'll talk about on Monday. But I did see Abby Steiner and Favor Philly both run very well <laughs> in their prelims in the 200. So yeah, you got, that matchup. Yeah. Looking forward to that. You got your eye on the, the women's 200. There's a good women's 200 here, which we'll get to as well, too. If you got comments, throw them in the chat. We'll put them up on the live stream as well as they come across, respond to some of those. But let's start first with the 200, Gordon. Let's start first with the men's 200. Specifically, this was the first race we mentioned in the preview. Fred Curley, Noah Lyles, and Andre DeGrasse. This one goes to Noah Lyles, 19.72 with a plus 2.1 win, so not legal. Curley ran him right to the line there, 19.75. I thought it was a win-win here. I thought Lyles, we talked about needing this win, needing this positive momentum going into the outdoor season but curly held his own right there and usually you see lyles that last 70 80 meters put distance on people but you could see curly's 400 meter background come into play there he is very strong in the second half of these 200 meter races um so i think both these guys come away with a lot of positives i don't know if anything in this race though gordon change my mind in terms of who's the number one ranked 200 meter runner in the world because i'm still looking at that area night in 19.49 i know this one was different conditions um but what did you see here did anything from these two guys surprise you degrasse finished farther back but i'm never going to panic on andre degrasse he's going to be fine when it comes time for the world championships or olympics he's done it time and time again he always gets it right so my focus is more on lyles and curly yeah, I think you said it very well in the beginning. It is a rare instance where 
it was a win-win for both the first and second place finishers. We said, you know, Lyles running 19-7 is a great run for him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need to be running 19-4s to challenge Knighton. Like, he can wait a little bit. He has the experience. He has the veteran uh, prowess and mental fortitude to, to be able to handle not being 19-4 yeah. in May or April. Uh, but 19-7 is legit. If you run 19-7 in May, that says he's setting up his season well to be 19-5 shape come July, mm-hmm. which I think July and August, which I think is ultimately what's going to take the win. I don't think no one's running 19-4 at Worlds, but if he's in 19-5 shape, I think that's enough to win it. And this is a good start. I mean, Lyles is staying under the radar, but doing a really good job, slowly getting better, uh, improving, and just like kind of low-key – Hey, let's not forget this guy won Worlds in 2019. Yeah. He was a medalist yeah. last year. Um, he smoked the gold medalist. Like, Andre de Grasse is nowhere to be found in this race. So, I think it looks good for Lyles. And then Curly, 200's not his event. He wants it to be his event. We think it is should it be his, his event. Is it not his event? Is it not his event anymore? Look up. He's getting more and more cons- – I think he's figured out the 200. I well, just think the I- competition's real, real tough in that event. By not his event, I mean I think he's better in the hundred. I still think he can medal in the two, but I think he has a better shot at winning gold in the hundred than the two hundred. Well, I think here's the situation because they get four in both. Yeah, and I think the person that helps the most is Fred Curley. Yes, because he doesn't have either of those buys, and he can get on the team in both the hundred and the two hundred now. But you look at his his top two hundred meter times now. Sorry. You know, I'll count this one, even though it was a, a two point one. But this was the fastest he'd run all conditions in the two hundred. You got a nineteen seven six. You have a nineteen seven eight, a nineteen eighty, a nineteen eighty three. He's getting more and more consistent in in the two hundred. He had a nineteen seven seven last yeah. year in Lausanne, which was a plus three point two. I think the days of being like ah, for some reason, great in the one, great in the four, but hasn't figured out how to make it click in the two. I think that's the past now. I think he's a bona fide, legit 200 meter runner. He's great at those other things too, but I think we're seeing him consistently hit that nine sevens. And I think he's capable on a good day of getting in the nine sixes. And I think you, I think you're dead on. I mean, unless they move the world championships to LSU, I don't think the winning time is going to be 19 four. Yeah. Right. I would, I would pick the over on that. I could end up beating my words on this. I've done it several times. Most recently today when I was watching the meet, uh, but I, I just think 19.6 is going to get you in the mix. I think 19.5 will be good enough for gold when it all shakes out again, could be wrong. Could be completely wrong. We could have a historic champion, a series of historic championship performances where to get bronze, you had to do something out of this world. But I think Curly work, if he can work into the sixes, I think he's in great shape for it. And this tells me that he is. Look at that progression and, in what 2012 and 2013, he's running 22s and 21 seconds. You know where he yeah. was doing that at? That's the is that the Texas State meet where he was doing that? Yeah, must yeah, have Texas been. State meet, which is live on Flow Track right now. Uh, we had some races yesterday, today. I think races also tomorrow. So check that out. Tech, uh, Texas State meet and Florida State meet live on Flow Track. Anyway, small small announcement there. But yeah, Curly's he's. He's looking good in losses. It's like a weird thing. Like mm-hmm. normally when you lose, you're like, I don't know. But every time, whenever I see him lose, I'm always like, he's getting better. Yeah. Like he gets better when he loses in a weird way. Um, 
I mean, look at the, look at this way. Carly could say, "I just smoked the Olympic champion in the two hundred. That that sounds good, right? And it does I sound scared, good. And I scared off the Olympic champion in the hundred because he got a little stomach virus. So he's like scaring off the hundred meter champion, smoking well, he, the two hundred meter champion. Look at that. He's having a great month so far. He got food poisoning, but I I take your point that he's he's in the mix in every single yeah. race. Let's just let's go back to the. Uh, Olympics last year, though, in the 200, just to give us a, a, our bearings in the post-Bolt world, current Knighton world, potentially. I don't know what world we're in, but we're in some sort of world. So so the the, the 200 times, uh, DeGrasse wins it. What did he go? 19, it was 1962. Is that correct? Yeah. 62, Bednarik, 68, Lyle, 74. I think it'll be faster than that, but I don't know how much faster than that. Like, if I had to guess... I think things might across the board be a, a tenth faster than that. Let's just say I, I would set the line around there. But you're right. I don't think – and that's important to remember when you're judging these athletes and thinking, okay, well, does Lyles need to compete? Does he need to break the American record to to win the world title? I, just, I don't think he'll need to do that. Could be wrong, but I don't think so right now. So, okay. He, uh, vibe check. I don't know. Vibe check? Heat check? Whatever check. Check, check. Uh Jeez, Gordon. How do you what? Where, what's your what's your two hundred meter favorite? Is it still Knighton? Do you switch into Lyles? Like, what do you got? Two hundred meter favorite. Well, I have Knighton ranked first. Still? Yes. Okay. Yes. So I, I still have Knight. I just posted these yesterday or updated them yesterday before the Puerto Rico meet and this meet. So I might need. To, I'm. I was editing. I need to edit them again. But I had uh, Knighton one, Lyles two, Curly three, DeGrasse four, Bednarik five. I might, you know what? It might be a, a, it might have stayed exactly the same. I may not change a single thing after what I just saw because I'm not going to panic on grass either. Um, yeah. I would was, panic on grass and I would give more love to Lyles. I think Lyles should be the favorite, but that's just me. Well, isn't it, is it two different questions? Who's, we talked about this last year, I know. Is it two different questions? Favorite versus like who's, who should be number one? Yeah, because if it's two different things, it's like, all right, well, you got it. Well, I think rankings in general should be how do you you believe the order would everyone would run in August? I don't think it's how everyone would run. Well, that's today. a projection. Well, that's a projection. That's what a ranking is. It's a power ranking. No, it's right now. I, I think if everybody ran right now and Knighton has two hundred meter wins over Lyles, or he beat him in. In Bermuda, and then two 100 meter wins, right? And a 1949, so, I guess. And a 1949, it's a 200 meter win, yeah. Two 100 well, meter wins, he hasn't, <laughs> he hasn't raced them into two yet. So, yeah, I'll still have Knight in one. I, I think if we, if but if you do the second question, like who would who would be the betting odds favorite for Eugene? I think you'd get, I think it would say Lyles just because of his history. Well, I can't wait to bet, hopefully, because you can gamble in Oregon. I'm going to spend a lot of money. Oh. Probably not for good. That's great. Good sign. <laughs> Women's two. Women's 200. This one had a lot of star power in it as well with Gabby Thomas, Shrieky Jackson, Dina Asher-Smith was running her first 200 of the year. And Gabby Thomas, she just puts on a clinic in these races. I went back trying to find a bad Gabby Thomas 200 or even like a mediocre Gabby two- Thomas 200. It's hard to do. She always brings it, and when she doesn't win the race, it's in a historically quick 
200 like we had last year in Tokyo where she finishes behind Thompson Hurrah and Christina Mboma. I thought Shrika Jackson did well, but Thomas was just too much. Asher Smith was back a bit in third, 22-3. And here's what I'm thinking about Thomas. Because last year, everybody brought it to that Olympic final. We now believe that that's how this is going to be in 2022. But, it, but you don't need to go far back in history to find a lot of other 200s yeah. where that's not the case. Because a lot of people, it's their secondary event. For her, it's her primary event. And we already have a situation now with Mboma being hurt. We don't know her status have has the groin issue. But Gabby Thomas is working her way into contention where a, if a couple things break right, she could be in the mix of the gold. I was thinking the exact same thing. It's kind of – I wasn't – like we lo- forget. People scratch the 200. People don't put effort in the 200. Right now, I don't see Elaine Thompson Ra and Shelly and Fraser Price showing any signs that they're going to be all in on the two, the way they are trying to be all in on the one. Gabby Thomas is showing she's all in in the one. I mean, all in in the two. Mm-hmm. And I think outside of really right now, I mean, obviously you have the Gabby Abby battle, which is for another time, but outside of Emboma and. Uh, uh, not uh, Elaine Thompson, hurrah. Right. Yeah. There's yeah. not really anyone who's running the way she is. So I would argue you could say, I think Gabby Thomas should be the number one ranked 200 meter runner in the world right now. Well, no, come on. Let's not, let's not be silly. Let's not go too far. I'm saying Why? if, because Thompson are in 21 five last year. And that's, yeah. But what has Thompson are done this year? Nothing. I'm just, I mean, she just, she wins hundreds and jogs across the finish line. Yeah. But that you just talked like, about projection for, july and august versus right now all right and the person that you'd give the most benefit to the doubt in terms of projection would be a woman who's run 10-5 and 21-5 i'm saying thompson hurrah would need to not be the thompson hurrah of 21 which is a very high standard to meet and there's a possibility that she's not and there's also a possibility as you mentioned she doesn't end up on that start line for whatever reason be a lot of different reasons why they're not there and if she's not Thomas is in a perfect position right now to capitalize on that. Both at their best. I'm going to go with the you know 21.5. Yeah, both at the best, Thompson. Gonna, but right. Elaine thompson Raw is not going to give her her best. Because you don't know that now? Do you have I'm her- predicting that she's going to scratch or she's going <laughs> to not try as hard. I'm predicting that. Gordon is guessing scratches three months out, or two yeah, months Yeah, why out. not? Sure. All right, who else? Here, let me get a piece of paper. Who else is scratching? Let me get Gordon's scratch list. Can we get this down? I mean, a lot will scratch 200. Yeah, uh, I know. Yeah, that's that's the genesis of this conversation was saying how the 200 necessarily does not have does not accurately represent the 200 meter final at the World Championship Olympics. Oftentimes, does not accurately represent the yeah. best eight people from that year. You could say that about other events too, but 200 in particular. I mean, the fact that Guliev won in like 2017 is like proof that like the 200s like a fake event. Sometimes there's always a, it's not a fake event. It just because of how the schedule works out and there's been great 200s yeah there's been when sensational trying, when bolt's trying and when elliot shelly and when elaine thompson Ra is trying but when they're not trying it's a bad event and we don't know what it's going to be this year True. and all i'm saying is you look at a performance like this from gabby and you look at her last couple years it's it's mighty impressive what she's done all right let's keep moving next event on the docket 
men oh no men's 800 men's 800 okay so there was a lot of surprises in this meet let's just let's discuss that real briefly in terms of upsets shawnee miller weibo um rye benjamin timothy chariot i think people would say was a favorite even though uh, kip sang's run really well and then brazier i think brazier belongs on that list even though he had not run an 800 this year but he is the 2019 world champion we saw him a little bit indoors and no one had done anything to wrestle away the mantle of number one guy in the world. But that changed. That changed here. Not because anybody had an outstanding out-of-this-world performance because the winning time was 149. Because they basically said, hey, Eric Sawinski, you're going to rabbit two races. And no one's really going to follow you in either. Go have a nice day. Run out there. But Brazier was back at the bell. And this obviously, because it was what 54 55 at 400, everybody had another, you know, had a little bit of pop in their legs over the final 200. But Brazier just was a non factor. He wasn't there at all. And he ends up getting sixth, 150.58. And usually you look at a debut and you try to find silver linings from it. And I'm sure Brazier, Brazier, knowing Brazier, covering Brazier for the past couple of years i think he's going to be harder on himself than anybody else here so this is not saying anything that he probably hasn't thought of but you're looking at for silver linings okay maybe the time was slow but i placed high well, that's not the case well maybe the time was fast and i was farther back but i got a good effort in that's not the case i don't know what the positives are that you take away from this if you're a a, a brazier fan again i wouldn't panic i'd wait to see at least one more race but in terms of debuts usually you can pull something out of it that's a positive if you raise your and i'll say full credit to no cabet great race don't want to get that to get lost here he was silver at world indoors so he could be a guy there kenya obviously is loaded in this event but where are you at for on terms of brazier brazier's my boy i love brazier for the record and because i love him i am gonna find a little silver lining in this situation well, first of all, we have to say, we don't know. We're all, you know, guesstimating what's going on, right? He could have had a not enjoyed his eight-hour flight to Doha and, you know, and sure, he's sure. not in yeah. the best headspace and his body's a little tired or whatever. Like, that could be a whole old thing. It could be he's dealing with some smaller injury we don't know about, right? So there's all those factors. I do want to say this. I remember early on in Brazier's career, he was known for only being good at one style of racing. And that was getting out hard. Sure. And holding on and being able to just be stronger than everyone else. He was not good in tactical sit and kick races in his early years. Eventually, he learned how to get better at those sit and kick races. Because, I mean, that's how he got knocked out in the 2016 Olympic trials. Because mm-hmm. it was a sit and kick and he wasn't prepared for it. He couldn't do it, right? So we always knew that was his weakness. Now he fixed that weakness as he progressed into 2019, became a world champion. But I think this is kind of just showing that because he's not at his best, his weakness is going to be more magnified. He was able to cover up his weakness with his sheer talent of becoming an eventual 142-800 meter runner. Yeah. But now he's not 100%. And therefore this weakness, I think he would have ran... I, th- I think the 150 is fool's gold. I think he's probably in 145 shape, if I had to guess. Okay. I think he's in 145 shape. It just looks like he's not because he was in a weird race. 
Right. And not having a kick is a concern. Yes. And, yes. but like, how many races are going to be like this? Is he going to have to run like this? But I think though, if you go out in 55 and then you come back in 55, like the last hundred, I haven't seen a Brazier like race like that. Even the one, I guess the one would be trials where he was clearly hurt. Right. And he just didn't have the wheels over the last 150, but he just didn't have it. What I wrote down what the commentator said wasn't in it and had no pace when he needed it. I thought the commentator on the feed I was watching summed it up perfectly. Like when he needed to get, get going to get that extra gear, he just was not able to get to it. I take your point about this style of racing, but then how do you prevent that? Get behind the rabbit. I know it's windy out there. You're the reigning world champion. Go out there and try to dictate the style of the race. In the search for silver linings, because I know you're a big Brazier guy, I went back to 19, 2019. This race, he got third at Doha Diamond League. But that was behind Nigel Amos and Emmanuel Carrera, and he ran 144. And it was just a, a hair off. So I don't think that's the same as this. Again, I'm not hitting the panic button yet. But I'm hovering. Yeah. I think he needs another race for him to kind of just make us ignore this one. Cause if he goes out and runs like a 144 at like a Portland track festival or something like that, I think people are going to start believing in it again. I think he just needs one of those, you know, we're going to hear, but there's two things we're talking about. Hold on a second. Hold Let's on. juxtapose this to Clayton Murphy. I mean, last yeah. Drake realized, I thought he was done. I thought it was like my career over. And then he goes out a few weeks later and runs 145. Yeah. Like, oh, Murphy's back to regular form. So yeah. maybe we could be having the same situation here where in two weeks' time, Brazier will be like, guys, that was that was my bad race the same way Clayton Murphy had his bad race at Drake. Now I'm having my good race two weeks later the way Murphy just did. So. But there's two things here. There's the can he get back to 2019 Brazier where he's the best guy in the world? Because if, if he gets back to that, he's going to dominate again because no one's been able to fill that void. It's not as if in the three years – since then, there's been another 142 low person who's come up out of nowhere that he's never raced before, and we don't know how he measures up. There's getting back to that, and then there's just the idea of, okay, if he can't do that, the next step below that is, can he compete for wins, and can he can he get a gold? And then there's a step backwards to where we are right now, which is, you're right. If we had lower expectations for him, this wouldn't be that big of a deal. But he's just he's so far yeah. from he's so far from nineteen right now. He's got the buy. Doesn't need to worry about USAs. That's what I'm saying. I'm not I'm not panicking yet. I just think in terms of debuts, this was rough. If you were him or his coach, would you suggest he runs USAs? Yes. Me too. But here's the thing. If while we're on that topic, if I was him or I was coach. Our indoor season was a little strange, no? I yeah. run two 400s. I run a 600. I qualify for World Indoors in the open. Don't run the open, though. Run one leg of a 4x4, four four, and then through no fault of my own, but because Isaiah Harris got hurt, they don't qualify even to the 4x4 four four final. So they fly all the way over to Serbia to run one leg of a 4x4. Four four four. Like, and then his 800 debut is in Doha in a Diamond League. The slowest race ever. <laughs> yeah, with the wind and all this stuff. Like, I don't know. I love that he is running Diamond Leagues. And we we criticize athletes when they run in these you know, smaller meets and we don't get to see them go head-to-head. 
But if I was thinking just purely from his perspective, it's like, hey, wouldn't you want to get your first 800 under you in a more controlled setting and not have to fly halfway across the world in conditions that you're not sure of? Like all of this, the last couple of months, just the, the race selection and the emphasis on the different events is just curious to me. It's interesting. Maybe it'll pay off. Maybe it'll pay off. Yeah. I could be concerned that I, I think he should run the 800 USAs, but then also he may even run the 400 USAs to be on the four by four. Right. You may be looking at that like, all right, just do a couple 400 meter rounds, get top eight. And I'm on the four by four to go. With I, 800. If that's what we're thinking, I mean, it's just two different realities right now. Yeah. Like, I don't know how you could watch that and be like, Hey, the thing we need to do is focus on another event. Yeah. We'll see. But yeah, my silver lining is give me one more data point, and then if Matthew Sensowitz is allowed to run one fifties uh, early in the season, and if he's a miler though, Clay- and if Clayton Murphy's allowed to have a bad Drake relays, then Donovan Brazier yeah, can have a bad. Toe those were an off events. Murphy went up in distance, and Central went down in distance. This is different. Yeah, I know I'm not an overreaction. Different. I'm guy, trying so- to talk myself through this, Kevin. Come no. On. I- Come stick on. with it. I believe in you. He's your guy. Stick with them. I'm not usually an overreaction guy, especially the first meet, but I was just surprised. We, we had talked about, hey, is he going to run 143, 144? Yeah, that's true. And he runs 150. Yeah. It's hey. just, and it was the wrong. If you're a 142 guy, I don't know if there's any good type of 150, but that certainly wasn't. Even the winning, the winner, like a, a tactical 800, the only person who's satisfied leaving that scenario is the winner. Everybody else is like, what? What was that? Yeah. Why did I spend my time doing that? All right. We're jumping ahead to the, let's see, was it men's foreign hurdles? Upset here. Uh, Allison Dos Santos takes down Rye Benjamin. First loss to someone other than Carson Warholm for Rye Benjamin since the 2019 opener. And then I thought to myself, man, I don't remember Rye Benjamin losing at all that much to anybody. So I went back, Gordon, since the beginning of 2017. I thought you were 2017. Since the beginning of time. Since the beginning of time. I almost had to go back to the beginning of his bio, but you know he competed in high school and there were some fast people. So 2017, he lost to Eric Futch at NCAA's. 2019, Samba. 2019 and 21, Warholm. Dos Santos today. He's lost to four dudes since the beginning of 2017. So there's a that, Mount Rushmore that's of it. men who have beaten Rob Benjamin. Since 2017, and Dos Santos is on it. And look, I'm not going to panic on this one. I don't think Benjamin should panic because Dos Santos is really good. And we got so distracted, rightfully so, by Warholm and Benjamin, just like we got so distracted on the women's side by McLaughlin and Muhammad, that we forgot that the third-place runners, Dos Santos and Femke Bull on the women's side, were putting out historic marks. Like what Allison Dos Santos did last year in Tokyo was freaking ridiculous. So 47, was it 47, 24 to 47, 49. I just think we might be entering into a new phase of the 400 meter hurdles where both Dos Santos and Bull who are young are going to close that gap. And maybe the incumbents, the, the two big figures in the event, if they backslide even a little bit, then it's not a two-person race. It's a three-person race. I want to circle back on the – there's been four athletes who have beaten Rye Benjamin. You got Carson Warholm, Eric Futch, 
Dos Santos and who? Samba? Yeah. Okay, so if that's the Mount Rushmore, who's who? So George Washington is obviously Carson Warhol, right? Mm-hmm. I'd say Theodore Roosevelt is seems like an Eric Futch, right? <laughs> Abraham Fair. Lincoln. I'll I'll put Abraham Lincoln as a Dos Santos, and then Thomas Jefferson is Samba. What do you think? Do so you think? That wait, wait, who is Warhol? Oh, George, George Washington. Yeah. Yeah. So Warholm's Washington. Roosevelt is Futch. Mm-hmm. Lincoln is Dos Santos. And Jefferson is uh, Samba. Put that, put that, make, someone needs to do a Photoshop of that so we can see what that, that Mount Rushmore of four men who have ever beaten Ry Benjamin since but 2017. Since, since, yeah, so you have to put the since 2017 part in there. Otherwise, people be like, well, in 2016, he actually got third in Pac-12s or something. Yeah. I don't – this this loss makes sense to me because of how good Dos Santos is. Yeah. And if you told Benjamin in the beginning of the year, hey, you're going to open with a 47 mid – or not open, but your second race is going to be a 47 mid. All right, that's that's good. Yeah, this was Dos Santos coming to Benjamin, yeah. not Benjamin coming down to Dos Santos. Yeah, let's see how many – I mean, how many times has he run that quick in his career? So he was – 4672 in Tokyo. And then was this his second fastest time ever? 4731 in the semis. 4734 in Zurich. So yeah, this was his second best time ever. So you these guys that in the in the men's side of things and in the, the women in the Formula hurdles, they created this monster. They broke through all these barriers and they drug a lot of these athletes to fast times. And then now you're seeing the result of it. They're still here. And now they got to contend with these athletes because Dos Santos has come up in a world where 45 seconds in a 400 meter hurdle race is possible. Not only is it possible, it's what's required to win gold. Do the same thing on the women's side of things with what Rafael and Muhammad did. And I think that just, that changes the outlook of them and now you have to compete with them and they're super young and that's a scary proposition. I agree. I do think the 400 hurdles is going to be a letdown year though. I predict we're going to have a Dos Santos, Dos Santos, Femke Bowl champions and the times are going to be like a minute, a second and a half off the world record and everyone's going to be like I missed 2021 when both are breaking world records and second place is breaking the world record. Well, is it realistic to expect that again no but you know once you have something you don't want to you don't want it to change you know you kind of forget so you know how people talk about good losses yeah do you believe that in sports is there such a thing as a good loss well not last night well no that would be a very bad loss for the six no i mean game six (laughs) not the elimination game of the eastern conference semifinals shout out to preston in the chat Hope appreciate that preston you know for ben i'm talking about benjamin i'm not talking about the sixers okay. i'm talking about benjamin like my is, brain's is, all my brain's a little uh flustled flustered flustled that's a new word i came up with flustled flustered no yeah i don't think it's yeah it's a good loss yeah and he ran well it would have been a bad loss if he runs 47 9 and dos santos runs 47 2 and then it's like ooh, yeah okay what's going on but he ran sub 47 5 like what else can you ask for? He's, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. All right. He'll be fine. 
We should do at the end who who you're most concerned about of those of the favorites. Uh, okay, so men's we're on men's fifteen hundred. So we saw this coming, and when they hit the home stretch, Cherry and Abel Kipsang. There's probably two groups of people watching that race. One, the people who saw Abel Kipsang at the Nairobi Continental Tour and know how good he is this year or watched him at World Indoors and the people who didn't. And the people who didn't probably were like, oh, Chariot's got this. And the people who did knew what Kipsang was capable of. Yeah. I mean, we said uh, on yes on Wednesday's pod, Kipsang, I think Kipsang is making the pass on Chariot. I think Kipsang should be the co-favorite with an Ingelbertson. Ingelbertson. Ingelbertson, sorry. Keep on putting an L in there. Ingelbertson. Um, I think kept saying this now proves it. Like the whatever you could say about altitude conversions and you can – a win over Timothy Chariot is mm-hmm. enough for you to be considered a gold medal favorite. That's how good favorite is. Favorite? You haven't had yeah. Ingebrigtsen? Wow. Co-favorite. It's co-favorite. Co-favorite. Oh my goodness. Oh, hold. Mm-hmm. We got to find that. We got to find the run take. across the line holding hands. They're Again, and I bring up not too long ago, you had Ingebrigtsen winning the next 20 times. But he's, no, I think Ingebrigtsen's going to do the 5K. I said that. Oh, okay. I'll so be good. challenged with that situation when we find out who's on the starting line. Not, I'm then, not, yeah. I can say whatever I want. Listen, I think, I think Kip Sang was great. I expect him to be great. But if we're doing the panic, not panic thing, I'm not panicking about it. Because this is a very he's losing to a okay. at worst at very worst top five guy. If yeah. you're gonna say Ingerbritz and Cherry, Kip saying Tefera and then Kerr. Guy ran three thirty one at five thousand feet. Like come on. Yeah, and here's so they ran three thirty five still, even though they didn't go with the rabbit, and it was windy, which makes me even more mad about that eight hundred race. So, yeah, like you guys, you didn't need to run one forty two, but you also didn't need to run one forty nine. I, I can't remember that we have two Kip sayings up front with the uh... oh a- Abel and Nilliard. I can't remember the last time I saw someone rabbit two races like a big time race. David Minter criticizing my inability to say names. Hey, I can I can say I can't say Giannis Antetokounmpo correctly. Whoa! Either, so. Whoa! Wait! 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 Were you actually trying there? I don't know what I was trying. to I'm bad at names. I have dyslexia, I believe. Comes from my mom. So, mm-hmm. anyway, I try. You guys know who I'm trying to say. It's all nothing but love. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, what was I going to say about... I was talking about Sawinski's rabbiting. Yes. Well, so both the... I want to talk about Sawinski rabbit. So he rabbits both the 8 and the 15. Yeah. But neither of them go with him. Not his fault. Cash that you check, Eric. Did like... Did like Sawinski forget check. to shower or something? Is that what happened? No, like, they were scared of the wind. They were scared of the wind in both races. But he did his thing. He even slowed down. I saw it was supposed to be 50.5 in the eight. That's what someone posted. And then he went out. What did he go out? Do we have it on here? I guess we could assume it was right around 54. He slowed down. Yeah. Yeah. He saw that they weren't following him. And he did the professional move, which was, hey, maybe they'll latch on to me when I keep going. I just I like that he's doing both. He's trying to two paychecks, two two paychecks. Trying to you know you had um, Bram Som who's a really good rabbit recently. He's just like upping the the rabbit game. I want to see him go for three. I want there to be a three k next time. Is there a world record for most rabbiting in a single meet? 
he should Guinness Book of World Records. Sawinski should totally go for that. Dude, Sawinski's last couple of years have been awesome. He ran that four by one leg <laughs> with legit US sprinters, and now he's rabbiting two races at once. And neither of them go with him, which is the more funny part. In my I mean, opinion. yeah, again, who he's just out there. All right, guys, I'll run 54 in seven yeah. seconds. Cool. Collect the paycheck. Exactly. He probably made more money than one of the Diamond League champions. Yeah. Well, especially more than one of the people who got fourth or fifth. Yeah. Unless they got some appearance money, but he did, he's good. He's good at what he does. It's, uh, he's living his best life out there. Put him in more races for rabbiting purposes. Put him in more four-by-ones. He's a definition of running smart, not hard. He smartly realized if you want to continue your career, become a pacer at the world championship level or diamond league level. Yeah. I mean, that's what extended, uh, you know, rest in peace, Matt Shearer's career. I mean, when he, he got really good at being a rabbit, he was really good at running yep. 49, 48 seconds for David Rudisha and boom, he was able to continue his long career as mm-hmm. just a really good 400 meter pacer. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, and in a meet like this, it's like you'd think, okay, it's windy. We're going to use the rabbit more. We're going to like latch on even tighter. But on those men's races, it was just like, oh, we're going to ignore the rabbit. So then whoever gets stuck out in front is like, all right, great. Thanks. Thanks a lot, fellas. <laughs> like, what am I, what are we doing here? Um, women's high hurdles had a cool moment that you don't, I mean, not cool, but a noteworthy moment. You usually have to wait, I don't know, four or five meets to have the mistaken winner get the flowers and then have to reassign the flowers. And we got that one in this meet because initially we had Anderson get the flowers and then they're standing around and it was real close. 0.01 separated the top three in this race, Harrison, Amuson, and Anderson, but Anderson, you know, she's got the camera on her. She's got all the attention, but she ends up being in third. Because Kenny Harrison goes 1243 and Amundsen in second with 1244. So this was a very close race across the board. Last night in Puerto Rico, Jasmine Camacho Quinn lost, but that's one of those races you have to watch the video because you'd be like, oh my gosh, she got beat by Alicia Johnson. And then you realize, I don't know if Camacho Quinn didn't hear the gun or she just got the slowest start, but they're everybody leaves the blocks and then Camacho Quinn starts and then she comes on real hard and gets second. So I still would say Camacho Quinn is the person to beat, but ha- after her, it's going to be a fun, real tight race for the medals. Yeah. I, th- I feel like two, three, I mean, we know one of them is going to be Camacho Quinn and probably it's going to be gold for her, but it's very open window for whoever can finish in the second, third spot. I mean, look at this three women all within 0.01 here at the diamond league Johnson winning. There's some good college kids who might be able to find, find magic in the summer magic post NCAAs and find a way to a, a world final. Mm-hmm. Anything can happen. So other highlights uh, we had, as I mentioned, Miller Weibo. What do you think of that first race uh, of the meet? That was shocking. I had to go back in time to figure out when the last time she lost. So first loss since 2019 in the 400 since 2019 world champs. And then she hasn't finished outside of the top two in a 400 Gordon, since the 2017 World Championships. It was very strange to see a third place by Shannon Miller-Webo's name. Now, the women who beat her are legit Diamond League and, and global medalist contenders. Paulino, Silver, 
in Tokyo and Stephanie Ann McPherson. This one was definitely impacted by the win. 51-2 was the winning time. I mean, Miller Weibo's run already sub-50 this year. So to me, I, I just more chalk this up to it being windy and, and a weird race than anything because we've seen that she's fast this year already. Yeah. I didn't really have much thought on it. I think because you see the times, 51 seconds. Running 51-2 and 51-8 is the same thing to me when you're a 49-second runner. You basically are saying, like, this was a... 48. Or 48-second runner now, yeah. But, like, I think whether she would have ran 51-2 or 51-8, she had the same type of performance. So I, I don't take anything away from this. The weather definitely was the biggest factor here. So, Yeah. Uh, the other one, uh, men's steeple, Elbacali wins by 0.01. That was the last race of the meet. That was pretty exciting. The steeple hasn't been, the men's steeple hasn't been fast last couple of years, but the time, like the finish races have been exciting. I remember 2019 world champs, but Elbacali 0.01 over Gurma. And then the women's three I thought was fun because that yes. one went tactical. They were what, 257 or 258 or something for the first two one kilometer splits. And then it's like, oh man, we have Nian Saba and, Kipiegon. Kipiegon obviously is going above distance. Nian Saba is going down in distance from the five and 10, but up in distance from her original event, the 800, when she was allowed to do it. And then it just turned into this sweet sprint finish at the end. I think they ended up running 10 seconds faster from the second to last lap to the last lap. I think they went 69 then 59. Um, and those two separated. Uh, Nian Saba gets the win again. I don't know what that means because you have the tactical nature. It's weird to see a tactical diamond league like this tactical. We see it where the rabbit is off and people ignore them a little bit or it slows down in the middle kilometer. But for it, this was strange to see just like that huge pack of women still there with 400 to go. I think it means a lot to be honest. Ooh. A lot. All right. I'm listening. She beat Faith Kipiegon, a, a very skillful tactitioner, kicker in the 1500. Tactitioner extraordinaire. Yeah. I added, that to, <laughs> I added that to her mantra. But, like, let's not forget, Francine was forced in this position. And then two years after being forced in this position, she's beating Faith Kipiegon. She's running yeah. world-class 10K and 5K marks. She got erroneously DQ'd in the prelims of the 5K at the Olympics. She mm -hmm. got fifth in the 10K at the Olympics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she might win. The five? Yeah. Well, she's going after that two-mile world record. At, at pre this is – of the distances she's allowed to compete in, we saw you know they put her in the 2K, but of the distances that she can compete in, the shorter it gets, the I better. think the better for her. But she still was pretty amazing in the 10 as well too. The five, and, though, she's she's going against different people in the five. Like, that's where you want to see Hassan and you want to see Obiri in there. And but, like, Kibyegon's beating, beating Hassan. But not in the, not in the five. She's not in a five. tactical, but, like, in a tactical, in a 50, like, if the 5K is tactical, which is a, there's a 50% chance that it will be, mm -hmm. I, I would put her up against a Hassan or anyone else in that five. And I hope if she does win, it would be, one, I'll be excited. I'll be there. And I know I'll be looking forward to that interview because I will give her a platform to be like, hey, World Athletics, what the fuck? Like, what are we doing here? 
Okay, so this is allowed, but if she ran a little shorter distance, all of a sudden it's illegal. Hey, stop trying to like overthink it. I'm not. We have, we don't know what Hassan has this year. We haven't seen her yet. But I think even last year it was clear. Post Olympics, when Niantzaba went on that tear, it was clear that this was going to be a tight race. Like it's more competitive than the past few years, the five and the ten. But Hassan can go to a level there. And I don't know if obviously know. Yeah. Hassan is still. I think if you're Hassan, if you're Hassan, you call Gadea up ahead of time and like, <laughs> yeah. hey, let's just let's do world record pace because if yeah. Niansaba's around with 800 to go, it's going to be tough to beat her. Get Obiri to collab. But the thing is, as is going to be evidenced at this pre-classic two mile, she can time trial fast too. She's yeah. run fast times. It's not as if she's just a kicker. So, yeah. uh, crazy javelin competition because it was oh, windy. javelin talk. It was windy. Well, you know why? I know you love the javelin because the javelin cost you money last year and you still talk about Thomas Roller. Well, guess what, Gordon? He what? got seventh today. He wasn't the story. I don't know. I tried to think of a Thomas Roller. It was Thomas Roller you bet on, right? No, Johannes Vetter, the freaking oh. overwhelming favorite. Who oh, he wasn't in the, the he, wasn't, he wasn't in it. So that segue doesn't really matter anymore. Anderson Peters, 9307. And Vatilich, 90-89. They were throwing the hell out of this thing. 90 meters. How long does it take for you to throw a javelin 90 meters? It's in the air for a while. Do you think Marcin or Fred Curley can outrun a javelin? I thought you were going to say – I thought you were going to say Marcin. I don't even know what Marcin is. I don't know. Uh, no. No, I don't think so. That would be a good race. I would watch that. Javelin versus man. Bolt, like, bolts on, like, a straightaway, and then they throw the javelin. Yeah. The grass. I'm looking. Actually, it wasn't even a meat record. Man, they, they throw it far in Doha. 93.90 was the – by roller was the record, and this was 93.07. They just were getting really excited about the javelin. I remember hearing it. Um, All right. Any other questions from the chat or anything? Or anything else you wanted to bring up, Gordon? Oh, the pole vault got postponed it tomorrow. So we'll be doing another live pod tomorrow <laughs> to recap the pole vault. They're going to move it indoors. We will not be doing that. So we're going to do our pod outdoors just to kind of give it a different look. Uh, so tune in. I don't know when it is, but too windy. The high jump battle, we had the Barshim and uh, Tambiri reunion. But it was uh, Wu Sang-hyak of South Korea that beat Barshim. He went to uh, 233, so we didn't get to see that. Those two uh, go toe-to-toe again. Um, yeah, Tim Barry was down there in seventh place. Barshim was second. Tough for Qatar because uh, four hurdles scratches as well, too. So they didn't they, they didn't get to see two of the main main folks. So um, I'm sure we'll I don't know why Travis put up this comment from Anthony. I went to my first baseball game yesterday. Is right up there with golf as being the most boring shit I've ever had the misfortune of enduring. I left out. <laughs> Do you know a Phillies game? I would, is that I'm more my Phillies? Yeah, I'm all in on the Phillies now. My Sixers are dead to me. Wall Street Journal article said Arian Knight was added the Prefontaine 100 meter lineup. Yes, this is amazing. This is amazing. Although, I mean, what we really want to see him is the two. Yeah, what we really want to see him is squaring off against those guys ahead of. USA's because 
you could put a stacked lineup just of the Americans. You don't even, I guess you could throw DeGrasse in there, but it's more like DeGrasse is on his own schedule. He'll be fine later on. Like you want to see Curly. Like this is what he, he want to see. You know what I want to see? I want to see Curly, Lyles, Norman, mm-hmm. Knighton, Bednarik. Oh, I'm missing somebody. Formel? No, not in the 200. Oh, we're in 200 now. Yeah, yeah this is 200. Yeah, it was 100, yeah. But but I want to see a good two before USA's with like it like three of those five guys. But net, so the the three of the major Olympic team, Kenny B, Noah, Lyles, Knighton, plus Curly and Norman. I want to see one race where we have three of those five. And throw in a bowling, get a little college flair in there. Okay, so three of the six, four of the six. Anyway. Anyway. Like and subscribe. Yeah. Join. Become a member. Yeah. Do all that stuff. Put your pole vault predictions in right now. Tell um, your people about the YouTube channel. Tell other people to subscribe. It helps. We get yeah, the we, subscriber numbers up. What are we at? Like almost 14,000? Let's get to 15,000 by USA's. Can we do that? Um, have you guys discussed the men's 800 already? Yes. Gordon, not that panicked about Brazier. Kevin, more panicked about Brazier. That's the synopsis. Nate. Yeah. Actually, do you want to rank these people? Who am I ranking? High, medium, or low? Shawnee Miller-Webo. What am I? What's the high, medium? High pa- panic. Oh, panic. Panic meter ranking? Yeah. Shawnee Miller-Webo. Low. Rye Benjamin. Low. Donovan Brazier. Mid-high. <laughs> Mid-high. All right. Well, those are the four. I mean, that's the four I had written yeah. down. Fred Curley. Mm, not applicable. Not applicable. Uh, under the grass. Under the grass. High. What? Yeah, definitely. Have you high. watched Andre de Grass the last? I know I didn't believe in him last years, year, and years? I paid for that a lot because I didn't believe yeah. in him last year. But I'm doubling down on that. I'm gonna no, believe him again this year. I would bet you. Oh, I what would you bet me? My, my house. <laughs> What's the house you're betting? Okay, that. He finishes like top six in both. Okay. Like he's gonna be, he's gonna be in the final. He's gonna he's gonna be there in both. Okay, top six. If he, if if Andre DeGrasse top finishes five. six, if he top finishes five. if he How finishes five? fifth, that's a disappointing for the Olympic champion getting fifth. How about this? He's gonna finish top four in one of the two. Does that does that does that do anything for you? <laughs> I don't think he will. I think he'll finish outside top four. Yeah, you're wrong. He's gonna figure. out I'll make that bet. Top. We okay. bet in your house. Am I moving in? No, because no, because you, you have a housing, an unstable housing situation. So you'll actually probably show up. <laughs> I have a great housing situation. Oh, you figured that out? Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm you staying out when yeah. we were at Penn. Yeah, yeah, we're good. Gordon was working the phones at Penn, by the way. He was just like, home. he's like, hold on, I don't know where to live. I'm gonna get back home. Nah. Uh, all right. Any other comments that we want to get to? We did a nice 50 minutes here. Any NBA predictions we want to get to? No, we're not. NBA is dead to me. I'm not listening to a single NBA podcast until September. So we were going to do the uh, Gordon rant today. And because we had the live pod, we didn't. And I'm glad we didn't because I know what it would have been about. Two words. James. Okay, stop Arden. it. And the, end the freaking podcast. We're done here. We're done. You would have rant. You would have gone off on a thing it you no. would have it's in your brain too much you would have ended up you know diverting you would have taken the off ramp. um 
Thanks to Travis for producing. This was fun. I hope everybody yes. enjoyed. The, we'll, we'll keep doing these. You know, you guys keep watching. We'll keep doing them. We got the chat was pretty uh, lively today. So we'll keep it going. Um, we'll mainly talk about on Monday, the conference stuff for NCAA. So we're going to see some fast NCAA times. Uh, we covered most of the Puerto Rico stuff. Trayvon Bromel won easily celebrated early. I like that. Elaine Thompson, hurrah, won easily. Steven Gardner looked good. Karani James looks good. Watch out for Karani James. Watch out for Karani James this year. And Steven, I mean, that, that men's 400, it looks like it's going to be between those two because we haven't seen Zambrano yet. I don't know. The Americans are going to have to get going to get in that medal mix this year. Um, anyway. Yeah. Next week will be uh, live Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 9 a.m. And then also live Saturday afternoon after the Birmingham Diamond League. So we'll do four pods next week. Maybe. Maybe it might just be Gordon on Saturday. We'll see. Um, I might call in. Go to a kid's baseball game. So we got kids, to do kids' birthdays, man. My life's kids', kids birthdays? birthdays. Oh, I wasn't invited. I'm friends. No, no, not you. my kids. Not my oh. kids. Other kids' birthdays. I'm the social coordinator for my kids. That's your uh, social media manager of your yes. kids? Yes. Yes. So uh, guess my PR. If you want to participate, email flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. We'll get you going on that. And then Internet coach, we're going to do that today, but we can hold that for, for next time. Yeah. So coaching advice, free coaching advice from us, flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. Um, yeah, and stay tuned to the channel. We got a lot of good stuff coming out. We did uh, This Week in Track, Race Breakdowns. I did the ranking show, which is now completely out of date. So you could probably just like ignore that one and then wait for next week. <laughs> Gordon, uh, we had some workout Wednesdays go up, some workout Thursdays, some workout Fridays. Gordon, did you do an NCAA show? No, I skipped that. I'm going to wait till After this weekend. So uh, next week, I'll do an NCAA show with the first good rankings post conferences. And also, North Carolina A&T Workout Wednesday. So some random Devontae Harding Workout Wednesday. You better do a good Wednesday. job. I was there for that one. There's some okay. good stuff there. Yeah. Coach Dwayne Ross, was he, had, he was good to have a mic on. Yeah. I, li- I, I like that one. So don't fumble that one. Make I won't. It good. I'll try yeah. not to. A lot of guys, if it's not good, just know that it was good when we were there. And okay. the good. edit did not do it service yes. at all. No, Gordon will be fine. It'll be fine. High pressure situation. He'll deliver. All right. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Again, thanks to Travis. Thanks to Gordon. We will talk to you guys on Monday. Have a great weekend, everyone.